This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're with me, Melissa Idris, Julian Ng, and also Ibrahim Sani. It's now 9.37 a.m. and time for the SNM show. There you go. This week, we're going to be looking at a research note from CIMB, which is predicting that Malaysia's market will actually boom next year. What do you think, guys? So, uh, there are eight reasons, uh, they say, why Malaysia will boom in 2016. And I guess uh, we will go through this one by one. Okay, let's start with uh, reason number one. They reckon that there's uh, the waning of uh, political noise. So, political noise and uncertainties were the loudest during the July-September period, where there was a major cabinet reshuffle and two street rallies. So, CIMB reckons that uh, there will be continue. Uh, there will be the occasional political noise to continue in 2016. But the big event to watch for is the 14th general elections that probably won't take place until 2018. There is a concept called mean reversion uh, as far as markets are concerned. This is where if you go through a period of extreme conditions, markets will go back to the average conditions, right? So that that's mean reversion. And I think that this is not really a case of uh, the waning of political noise per se, but it's just a case of things going back to normal mm. because 2015 was such a peak year. It's an extreme year for politics, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Now, the way I see it is that I absolutely agree with the waning of this political noise and this notion of uh, mean reversion or, or you know, a stickle note of pushing things back to average the way things are. Uh, but the way I see it is that AMNO has fixed himself. Uh, uh, there is, If there's any indication that uh, PM Najib has consulted its power inside AMNO, the evidence was absolutely clear last week. A lot of uh, re- resounding applause for anything he says on speech, on the podium. Uh, and uh, Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin and uh, Shafi Abdal, the two loudest critics inside the party right now, including the, 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 the former Prime Minister Mahade, they can't do anything to budge him off that seat of power. So I'm pretty sure he has, uh, you know, 2016 will be a very clear business day for him and he will continue to navigate this uh, with no political noise. I think there would be a red flag, though. Uh, the thing to watch in sometime around April is the change of guards at Bank Nagara. Uh-huh. And this could be a, a reflection or lack thereof of uh, political influence within Bank Nagara. And I think that if there was any signs of political influence within Bank Nagara, I think the markets would take it quite badly. So that will be a red flag that's to a watch good out point. for. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so was it April you mentioned was when uh, April, Governor yeah. Zeti that's will right. be, her contract will be up, right? She's got to retire, if yep. I'm not uh, Taking a sidetrack a bit, the, you know, the star ran an article that eight names touted as uh, the potential replacement of that eight names. I think the market can agree to some of the names. The market is neutral on some of the names, but there are one or two on that list that the market is really wary about. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I think any name suggested there will be a market reaction, right? I mean, uh, any kind of change the market will react to is just uh, if the name will inspire as much confidence um, in stability uh, and good governance as Tanzri Zeti has. Also, uh, one must not forget the fact that um, Najib Razak, as a prime minister, when he first took over, he has actually some provenance as far as foreign investors were concerned because they actually liked him when he first came to power. He made the right noises, said the right things, and he implemented the right policy, and one of which was uh, the 
the uh, cementing of relationships with Singapore, right? And that was the thing that ticked off uh, Dr. Mahate. Yeah. So uh, foreign investors actually liked him. They have liked him before and that doesn't mean that they can't like him again as long as he does things to protect the interests of investors. But is in the home front of whether he can protect the interests of the citizens that would determine his fate next year as well. Good point. I think the underlying sentiment here is investors hate uncertainty. So as long as they perceive that uh, any kind of political turmoil has been put to rest, if you know that there'll be certainty going forward, then I think foreign investors will like that. But uh, speaking of foreign investors, the second point uh, or the second point that uh, CIMB has argued as to why 2016 will be a great year for Malaysian markets is the fact that foreign selling could uh, will subside. So due to the spate of negative developments in 2015, both domestic and foreign institutions are underweight in Malaysia. Foreign funds are very underweighted, actually, uh, with their shareholding in Malaysia at four-year lows. So CIMB says maybe the foreign shareholding will fall uh, to the global financial crisis low, lows of slightly above 20%, but uh, that should uh, rebound to current levels, and that would be a boost to the market. I think local investors can very much be lumped into this group because money does not have a nationality, yeah. right? So when you see the, the the ringgit tumbling, it's not just the work of foreign investors. It's also the work of local investors. And as the as a local investor, you've got to make a decision as to whether there is a tactical play in the rebound of a ringgit. And the ringgit has fallen so much already, you've got to ask yourself whether it will fall further. If it doesn't fall further, then there's no point of me actually taking out that money and joining the foreign investors. So I think locals are as much a catalyst as the foreigners. That's right. But the, the hint is already here. When we say foreign selling is likely to subside, the opposite to that, or the, the complementing factor here is that buying is also increasing. And we see buying increasing. Foreign funds are actually buying to government uh, bonds, uh, the MGS and GII. Is already picking up slowly, but they are still buying over the over the course of this last quarter. So the hint of foreign sell, selling to subside is there, and the hint of more foreign buys coming into the picture is also there, not just for the capital markets, but also other businesses as well. Okay, so should foreign shareholding return to the to post-crisis highs of two, uh, 25%, that would be equivalent to um, stock market purchases worth 50 billion ringgit. Plenty of money, yeah. Yeah, so the other um, point that CIMB has made is uh, GST. So one of the biggest concerns for 2015 was, of course, the implementation of GST. Historically, the impact of GST on uh, consumers was to dampen retail sales in the six to nine month period after implementation. Should Malaysia follow this similar pattern, then consumption would pick up in 2016. Consumers are probably getting used to this. Do you guys think that this is the case, given all the price hikes we've seen? I think definitely the government has done something in refinancing the budget because they are losing a lot of revenue from oil. So they need something to take uh, the, the vacuum, to fill the vacuum in GST raising about 30 billion ringgit this year is one of those things and I think that it's expected to raise more but the most important thing here for GST is whether you can redistribute uh, the taxes that have been raised and redistribution is actually something that's good for the market because it will allow uh, consumption spending to take place yeah. right if you distribute that uh, to the poor sections of society that would allow consumption to take place uh, but if they don't do something about redistribution and that is a withdrawal from the system in in Classic, classical economies, uh, economics, that's really a withdrawal from the system and that's bad for the system. I, I do, I, 
I do see the point. Okay, so yes, consumers have some time to recover. You know, they by next year they'll get used to the GST. They won't, you know, they won't hold back uh, spending so much. But at the same time with GST, we saw a slew of price hikes. Um, everything from tolls to fares to you know buying fish at the market or whatever, right? So I guess. It will mitigate whatever feeling you had. Oh, since I've tightened my purse strings, I might as well keep them a little tighter going forward next year because everything's so expensive. So, so that is a very traditional view of uh, looking at uh, retail. Uh, it's not wrong or right, but that is the common view. Uh, considering that the consumers are already sp- uh, tightening their belts over time, they'll continue to tighten belts in the future. Uh, but what I, what I think is uh, the angle here we have to look at is while consumer uh, sentiment is up for debate. Uh, CIMB says it will pick up. Uh, you know, other analysts argue that it might not. Uh, Customs Department, for instance, is now understanding the fact that companies are familiar, getting themselves familiar with this new tax regime, and they are now skimping around that tax code and now not pay- paying enough GST, but, and they know how to keep it uh, hidden under books. Did you guys catch uh, last week's Talk Back Thursday on the evening edition? I, I did. think they were talking about how are you spending your money now given all these price hikes. It was heartbreaking. I almost burst into to tears because all the callers had such such difficult times. I mean, everyone's going through difficult times and to hear somebody's story, my mother is sick, my husband got laid off, you know, all these stories, they were just really heartbreaking. Th- that's right. But it also boils into that core economic business uh, model, right? If there is a substitute, you will go for that substitution. And we've heard on the Talkback Thursday session, a lot of consumers are now switching from named brands to generic brands, unnamed brands and so on to actually cut costs, to cut corners, you know? I am also guilty of that. Guilty? I don't know. I also practice that now. <laughs> it's uh, 9.46 on the clock and will Malaysia see a boom year in 2016? More on this in just a few minutes. So stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Good morning. It's now 9.49am. You're with Melissa, Ibrahim and Julian here on the SNM Show. <laughs> and today we're looking at a research note from CIMB, which is predicting that Malaysia's market will boom next year. We've gone through three of the eight um, suggestions of CIMB, or, or justifications from CIMB. Uh, number four on CIMB's list is they say that while it's anybody's guess, guess where the ringgit will bottom, they are comforted by the fact that the corporate sector is well prepared for the depreciation and many sectors will benefit from it. So... The ringgit plunge is not all that bad. It will recover in 2016. Yeah, uh, it's already made the worst of the uh, you know bad move for the ringgit. So whether it fall f- falls further, it's uh, probably unlikely from a probabilistic point of view. But this is really the same point as uh, politics as well as foreign selling, right? Uh, it's it's <laughs> it really so one point. It was so bad last year. Yeah, this year, it could be better. It's really one point. And also this... Uh, again, suggests that a lot of the plays, uh, the ringgit plays in the market, like uh, happening in the glove sector, the semiconductor sector, may have been, it's, it's done, right? That play is done. Perhaps yeah. it's time to look for other things, perhaps uh, things that, uh, stocks that have actually uh, been disadvantaged by the fall of the ringgit. Remember that some companies are actually interested in uh, earning uh, with a higher uh, US dollar value to the ringgit. We just spoke of Top Glove, for instance, having 160% growth in net profit and so on uh, because of this uh, uh, ringgit plunge. And there is 
plenty of silver lining that exemplifies these kind of earnings. We got one company that was on the grill, uh, went for listing this year, Aimless. Uh, they are in microchips. They Aimless. Have, uh, Amulus. 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 Not Aimless. They have an aim. Amulus Berhad. And they were, uh, they actually earned 80% of their business outside of Malaysia and they denominate all their foreign businesses, even those that are not done in the US, with US dollar. Again, to have, the, to have that competition, uh, to have that uh, a kind of advantage over a weak ringgit against the dollar. So there is huge civil lining towards the ringgit planche. Okay, the Chinese are coming, CIMB says. Uh, they, they reckon that's why um, it's going to be a good year next year because companies from China have been increasing their exposure to Malaysia at an accelerating pace in recent years. Um, earlier, their presence was mainly in construction because remember they built that second Penang Bridge and they were awarded the long-delayed southern double-tracking contract. So the next wave, CIMB reckons, is in the property sector. Well, they are already in the property sector down south in Johor uh, with Country Garden and Guangzhou, RNF and so on, uh, involved in the forest city development, build, building uh, four man-made islands over 4,000 acres of it. So they're very much here and I suppose uh, their money is very much welcome. Now, of course, when I read this article, you know, I mean, I imagine Julian turning up for work every day. So <laughs> I guess that's it. <laughs> right. <Okay. laughs> All right. Not no. half racist, I think. <laughs> Number six um, on the list of CIMB's uh, arguments as to why 2016 will be a good year. Value cap buffer, they say, because according to the minister in the PM's department, Datuk Sri Abdul Wahid Umar, value cap will invest 20 billion ringgit in stocks from six sectors, including banking, consumer, services, construction, plantation and property. This is such a bad idea. I mean, the whole world is trying to grapple with the moral hazard problem uh, in the sense that you, when you take risks, you have the reliance on the government to bail you out, right? And this is like a bailout of stock market investors. I, I don't think this is a good idea, but it's there and I suppose it can be some kind of a catalyst. Speak, speaking of which, uh, you know, Wahid Omar is one of the shortlisted for Benagara, so I don't know whether he'll take this kind of protectionist <laughs> policy or government being in business if he accepts that job at Benagara. All right, number seven, wildcard observations, 10-year cycles. CIMB has noticed that Malaysia appears to be plagued by 10-year cycles where there is a major stock market crash. It happened in 1987 uh, after the Black Monday crash on Wall Street. Again, 1997-98 during the Asian financial crisis, 2008-2009 during the global financial crisis. Should this 10-year cycle hold true, that means the next crash in 2017-2018? Yeah, this is for uh, people who actually believe in calendar effects. It may or it may not happen. And I guess it can be lumped with uh, the next point about technicals, right? Um, and technicals are like fortune telling you look into tea leaves and you try to prognosticate what will happen next year. I, I really don't know how to do there that. There are some people who make entire careers out of exactly. this, Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you mean uh, tea leaf reading or technical charts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. Yeah, but all, also I think um, a lot of these points are, are very short term uh, and longer term we have issues, right? We have innovation, we have the middle income trap, uh, whether we are a progressive society, uh, there are educational issues and also we are seeing a rising protectionism and the role of the GLCs uh, within the uh, Malaysian market. So whether the government uh, needs to restructure the economy to something that is more free market uh, determines the long-term direction of the market, I think. Okay, you've been listening to The SNM Show with Julian Ng, Ibrahim Sani and I'm Melissa Idris on BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.